I'm Philip Topham, your host. In this special episode, I want to do a little bit of reflecting on the 35 episodes that we've done. And what I've come up with, come away with is startup mindset is not just for the startup founder. I've had 35 episodes, interviews with everybody from startup founders to investors to communication specialists, accountants, uh, all manner of people helping build and start companies. And what I realized is so much of what the world is going through, this COVID, tremendous change. I use this analogy with a lot of companies that are trying to understand the world a little bit. Imagine that you need to go to the gym and uh, go to one of those treadmills and do some running at the gym. But when you get there and you start using the treadmill, there's no start button. Uh, in fact, somebody else comes over to the, to the treadmill and sets the pace for you. It starts out and it's you're walking and then jogging and then running. And then suddenly you can't keep up with the treadmill. The, the treadmill got really, really fast. Man, you'd fall down. You'd fall flat on your face. Well, that's exactly what's happening in the world these days. You don't have control of how fast the world changes, how fast it moves, how fast technology gets adopted. Uh, you don't have any of that control. That's learning to run at that speed is absolutely a skill that startup founders have in spades. And I realized so many of our existing businesses uh, that have been in business 5, 10, 15 years need to start adapting that startup founder mindset. And so with that, I'm going to reprise, uh, replay the episode number five with David Friedman of Tech Coast Angels. And he talks a lot about the mindset of somebody that's trying to raise money through an angel group. But he also talks about some of the skills and attributes that a founder needs to have. And so if you have startup business, uh, existing, small, mid-sized business, it's just a perfect episode to help you start reframing and thinking about the world and how fast it changes and adopting those entrepreneurial skills and mindsets. Enjoy the show. Happy holidays. Welcome to The Savvy Founder. The one place for entrepreneurs and business owners. Away from the everyday bustle. Where we help you find your path to a profitable and bright future. Now here's your host, The Savvy Founder and armchair sociologist himself, Philip Topham. Hello, I'm Philip Topham, the savvy founder and armchair sociologist. Welcome to the show. I'm really happy to have in the studio today, David Friedman, uh, the president of TCA and a good friend of mine. Uh, welcome, David. How you doing, Philip? Good to be here. Nice. Thank you for uh, taking the time to uh, share with the audience and uh, explain to them the whole process of what it means to be an angel and how to work with angels and all that sort of stuff. But first, I'd like to get a, a little bit of background on, on yourself. How did you get involved in entrepreneurship and, and what have you been doing in that space? Yeah, so I've been uh, involved in uh, TCA since 2009. I have been a former tech executive. I 
have a couple of degrees in electromagnetic theory and an MBA in econometrics and was in the corporate world with companies like Bell Labs, Ameritech, um, US Cellular, Boeing, doing a lot of commercialization of new products. So my background was engineering initially, moved into marketing, moved into business. So after uh, 2012, uh, I decided that I'd join an angel group because I liked the excitement of innovation and the startup community with the goal of investing in a company and then you know, becoming a CMO, CEO, COO of that company. That was the intent. Uh, it worked out for a while with the intent until my wife said, why are you spending money giving them money for them to give you the same money back or work for free? And I said, okay, so you listen to your wife and basically say, okay, I'll <laughs> take a little different course of action and then um, do what I need to do to enjoy myself in my fourth career. So my fourth career, which started in 2009 with TCA, is to be an investor both in the open equities market. So I do equity and option trading and I do angel investing. And I have found that the stability of TCA, because I've been with them for now 12, going on 13 years, has been, a, has been great. Fabulous bunch of people, extraordinarily smart. We've seen some really good deals. Uh, not everyone, unfortunately, comes to fruition positively. Uh, but net, net, it's been a very positive experience, and I just enjoy it. So this is my career of investing for the till whenever I expire and go into the great startup in the sky. <laughs> well, we, we appreciate uh, you giving back and helping. And I know you also help uh, advise startups. You do a lot of reviews of pitch decks, obviously, as an angel uh, for TCA itself, but also people that are going raising money from any place. Uh, as you see the, all the, the people coming to you, uh, how, how would you tell them, what would you advise them on, on when should they go to an angel and, and maybe even back up? Like, what's the role of an angel in the investment strategy? You know, some people are, are new to this process. Well, it may be easier to start with uh, what an angel does um, and then go into when do you approach an angel? Because they're, they relate, but they're sort of separated by a wall. So an angel provides literally the first, if it's an angel group, not an individual, uh, provides the first really semi-institutional round of financing for a company as it completes its prototype, moves into its commercialization and growth stage. So let's step back and look at funding the way it works. An entrepreneur has a great idea, and I've been on that side, so an entrepreneur has a great idea and uh, says, hmm, I really like to develop this kablogic. And this thing is great. I'm going to put some money in and get it to a certain point. After a certain point, you're, the entrepreneur says, I don't have any more money. I need to find additional capital to finalize the development, to get the prototype out, maybe to test it. And it all depends on the market space. It's a little different in med tech, medical than it is in software, which is easier. So the, the second stage after self-investment is friends and family. 
Now, the entrepreneur has money for friends and family. He now gets the, or she gets the, you know, the prototype into the market. And all of a sudden, I need more money because now I have to start expanding. I need more of my team. I need to be able to do some marketing. So they look to the angel group for what they call seed capital or second seed or a bridge to A, where A is normally associated with growth. So when you're in A, you're basically investing in growth. When you're pre-A, you're investing in getting things ready for that growth tsunami to take place. Okay, so that's on the angel side. So we have that role in the early institutional capital. Now, and I interrupt you once. You you use the term semi-institutional. What do, you, what do you mean by that a little yeah, bit? Yeah, I'm kind That's of being it. deferential to the VCs. I mean, VCs look at angels as, hey, you're only angels, you know. And so, you know, really institutional means, you know, a group of investors that, you know, have the sense, the what I call EQ, BQ, and IQ, emotional intelligence, business intelligence, and intellectual intelligence to make intelligent decisions on investing in a business. So I use it somewhat facetiously because I think angel investing is institutional because we are an institution. We've been around for a while. It's not ad hoc, but normally, you know, other people refer to the VCs as the real first institutions out there. So I'm kind of being semi-humorous here. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's, that's what, uh, you know, I wanted to point out. I mean, you have a very, you, like you said, it's a group of very bright people that, that are, are, you know, putting their money into businesses and they have a rigorous process. So it's, it's, it's definitely a group, right? And so, yeah. It definitely is a group. And Tech Coast Angels has been around for about 23, 24 years now. We're one of the oldest in the country, one of the largest. We have about 450 members in five, what we call networks and, or chapters in Southern Cal, in San Diego, which is our largest LA Orange County, about the same size, and Inland Empire, which is a little smaller. So we have 450 members that look at deals. We have a little different specialties in each of the group. Inland Empire looks at more earlier stage, smaller deals. Um, Orange County looks a lot at MedTech, because we're in the MedTech you know, center. Uh, we also look at cyber and software and IoT. San Diego looks a lot in the life sciences, health sciences area, biopharma, uh, also software because of you know, the companies that are in that environment. And then uh, LA, which kind of overlaps a little with, the, with Orange County, but has a little more focus because of Silicon Beach and the LA crowd in media and entertainment. And we do cross over with the deals. So if I have a deal which we're working on now, we'll go into, uh, LA, LA may pick up on it. San Diego may or may not. Everyone makes an independent decision. Each group and the independent and the investors make independent decisions on their specific uh, investment. Yeah, that's so, so perfect. I really appreciate that. That covering the TCA in the five regions um, and the different specialities. Uh, you have got a really big footprint in the angel environment, right? You're you're like the one of the largest or the largest in the US or? Yeah, depends on how you look at it. I mean, we're the largest probably independent um, or second largest. Ohio Tech Angels is pretty well up there. So it depends on who you look at, who has the 
you know, the larger footprint that year, who invests more. Um, it's kind of, it really doesn't make a difference. Being number one, being number two. Um, we know that entrepreneurs come to Tech Coast Angels because we provide capital, but we also provide expertise. So we're considered more like smart money. We're not just passive investors. We'd like to get involved. We want to help the companies. And we've had a good track record of doing that. Um, so that's where we sit into the ecosystem. Got it. That's perfect. So you, you talked about the, the, the self-funding and then the friends and family and then needing something beyond that, the seed and pre-seed and, and maybe bridge to A. So how does somebody... Uh, how, how do they know they're ready? Is, is, is it just money that they're ready to use the angels? And, and how do they get involved with, with approaching an angel group? Yeah, so that's, a, that's an interesting question in which every, all the entrepreneurs ask, when is the right time to go to an angel? The right time is when you're not, a, a, I'll tell you when the wrong time is, when you're desperate for money and you want to get money instantaneously. It doesn't normally work. We have a due diligence process. It usually takes a little while, like minimum of around 30 days. But you have to have some what I call credible evidence and a good story. So you have to be able to tell your story, why this is a good investment opportunity, why it's expansible, why it can be large, uh, why it has good exit potential, what's the discriminating factor, why is your product or your company uh, clearly uh, different than others and how is that difference sustainable? So we see credible evidence coming in in different ways based upon what business you're in. So I have a different credible evidence when I'm doing medical testing. I may be in certain kinds of trials way before it goes into commercialization. Uh, it may be for the software technology med device. It may get into, I have a prototype. I have some early testing. Um, I have some really good eyeballs. I have a lot of beta customers. Uh, I have a lot of testimonials. I have some letters of intent. There's no real fine, you know, perfect answer. It becomes a combination of, do you have credible evidence that your company is on track, that the money will be spent wisely for the purpose you're asking it for? Do you want just money or do you want advice? What is the advice you want? And do you have a good plan that will be saleable to a smart group of investors who want you to succeed? Uh, so, so one of the questions that, that often comes up, uh, you know, when, when you and I both um, provide advice on pitch decks is, there seems to be a very big gap from entrepreneurs that are starting to build their business. They're starting to build their product. They're doing product market fit. And they're really, they don't have a good understanding of what financing really means, right? And they're often putting that story together. They really struggle with putting that story together. Uh, how, how, what's the best way for for those entrepreneurs to to get that um, to get that story down, so they really are are maximizing their engagement with it with the with the angel groups, right? You know, what what advice do you give the startups? There's a lot. I mean, because you you review a lot, right, and you turn away a lot because they're not ready. So, what yeah. advice do you give them when they're not ready? 
I, I may see nearly a thousand decks a year personally, I mean, which is crazy between TCA and people sending me stuff. And, I, you know, a lot of them I send back with comments. Some, I, you know, I just call them up and you, know, you try to be nice because you want people to succeed and you want to create a certain brand. And the brand that I like to see for TCA is friendly, concerning, encouraging, because even if it doesn't work initially, these entrepreneurs will be back with a better deal. It's just in your blood and we want to see you succeed. So um, when, when I coach uh, entrepreneurs, I ask them first, give me your elevator pitch. And not because I'm you know, doing it because of an academic exercise. I think it's really important for the entrepreneur to set the context of the business or the product so that the investor understands it quickly. I keep, and I've, I've written on this, that I've talked about it, I've been interviewed about it. The only thing the entrepreneur wants to hear from an investor is tell me more. Every time you approach right. an investor, tell me more. The best way to do that is to say, I have a, I have a product called the Topham Wireless System. Okay, we're gonna make you the Topham <laughs> Wireless System. Team All right, I better, I better check the trademarks and see if we can trademark it right yeah, away here. I already, I already got you your URL on this one. <laughs> no one seems to want it. But, but Topham Wireless System, and the Topham Wireless System is based upon uh, 6G technology uh, in addition to the new risk um, uh, semiconductor platforms. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm, I'm setting up. I, I want to set up the wireless network for Mars because that's a virgin territory. It's a great, it's a great opportunity. You can do that. I have a wire, I have a Philip, I have the top of wireless network that's aimed at uh, the first settlers in March. So now in Mars. Exactly. So now I have what the name of the product is, what my target segment is. Using a combination of the new risk products as well as 6G technology, we're able to provide up to 20 miles clear communication at speeds greater than two trillion bits per second. Unlike other technologies such as ZigBee LT, or regular LTD, which is limited in size and scope, what we do enables you to deploy quickly at a cost benefit of X, Y, and Z. That's a context. That said tells me what the product is, who the market is, what your underlying basis of the business is. I now have a perspective on whether or not that can be differenti differentiable and sustainable. I know who it is not like. So that gives me perfect context. Now that becomes part of the story. The one thing that I have, we have all heard when somebody pitches to us, especially from engineers, let me tell you, I'm an engineer. I have 14 degrees. I have my sixth PhD. I've worked in this material space for years and years. And you got to believe this is the greatest thing in the world. And they launch into the product. We're trying to figure out what are you talking about? Right. So without understanding what you're talking about in the context, we spend more time looking at each other with blank stares. So let's get around that thing by setting the context. Once the context is set, <clears throat> the questions that we want to be, we want the entrepreneur to address in a coaching story 
Is there a market? Is it growing? How do you put it together? Do you have IP? Is it sustainable? What's your business model? Can you make money? Who is your team? Can they execute? How are you going to get into the market? Is it greenfield? You're going to build up something that wasn't there before? You're going to share shift. And where am I going to get my money back on an exit? Those things are the critical parts. Yeah, that's that's. That's the, I, I, I use the term that you, you're pitching the business, which is a business model. It means you, you put a nickel in and you get more than a nickel out. And if you're and, and let's talk about that from a perspective of the angels. If I put a nickel in, how, how much should I get back? What rate of returns are you looking for or are you expecting? Right. You know, we all. Uh, you know, the, the financial plan that's created to be this magic number how, how do you what's the right number and how do you ch- make sure that it's it's a valid business what are you doing to validate that well the valid business is what i explained that's part of the story you, you we have enough smarts and enough expertise in just about every area we'll be able to find out is this true is this not true we'll be able to use some insight the problems always get into whether or not it's a new to the world business where there's no correlate and then you have to make assumptions. Is this something of a change in process, product, way of doing business that's going to make a difference? I mean, think about Uber and think about Airbnb. I think they were rejected 40 times because no one can kind of understand understand the power of that marketplace. So there's always an issue there. Um, but in general, what you want to be able to do is tell that cogent story, make sure it's credible and come up with testimonials and evidence to show that it really does make a difference. And then we're, we're off to the races. Right. And, and I, I've sometimes heard that the perspective of, of a, you know, invest in, in uh, angel investing is you invest in a portfolio of companies because some are going to win and some are not going to win. Right. Do you have a rule of thumb that you, you, you use or, or is there one that you track or is the one that the industry holds is this is how you spread out your risk? And Yeah. So let's, let, let me, and, and it'll correlate with an answer that I didn't give you from the last question perfectly, but I'll try to weave it in here. So out of every 100 deals, we'll probably see maybe about three to five that will give you a significant return to make up for the losses somewhere else. About half the companies we'll invest in will return very little, if any, capital. We'll have those, you know, uh, one to three percent that will return somewhere between hopefully 10x and 100x to make up for that difference. If you, were, if you were to have invested in every single company in which TCA invested over the last 24 years, the average return would have been around 22, 23%. I think those are pretty close to the numbers. I don't know exactly, I'm not 100% sure. But that means you kind of double your portfolio in about three and a quarter years by the law of 72. Right. So that's not bad, but those big hitters. So you'd love to be able to say, does this have the potential for being a 10 bagger? Right. And I think that's something that the, the company need, companies need to understand on the flip side, right? You're, you're spreading your risk out across investing in many companies, but the, the entrepreneur um, 
they're betting their three, four, five years on one thing, right? That's true. Right. And that's one of the things that sort of frosts me and why I'm doing the, the podcast is there's a lot of interviews with successful entrepreneurs, right? And if they're in that three to 5%, you know, what about the other 90% of people that tried something and they're on their second or third or fourth and they didn't make it, right? That's kind of yeah. normal, right? Yeah. So, I, you know, it's interesting. I was thinking about that question and I know that entrepreneurs always look to the people who were successful and say, aha, they were successful. I can too. And I think that's great. But sometimes I think it becomes what I call the Tevia con, uh, con, uh, complex. Mm-hmm. Tevia was the guy in Fiddler on, Father and Fiddler on the Roof. And, you know, when if, you, if I were a rich man, people would fawn on me. Well, if you're successful, people fawn on you and they look to you and they say, you know, um, you know this, uh, I'll, I'll go copy. But remember, the probability is very small. What you really have to do uh, is a couple of things. Number one is you, you ask questions of everybody. You ask questions of why you failed. One of the things that we look at and we're putting in more um, de rigueur in our evaluation is risk impact analysis. What are the things that are going to be the landmines to close your business? You know, uh, is it competition? Uh, are you using crowdfunding as a proxy for the market space? And you had a great crowdfunding venture, but no one else wants to buy. We've, I've seen that in one of the early investments I made, and I've never lost that lesson. So you learn from the people who were successful. You want to emulate their behavior. You want to emulate you know, their strategy potentially, but you also want to look at the people who failed. The entrepreneur, entrepreneurism is in your blood. If, you want, if you're an innovative person, you're going to be innovative regardless of what you do, and you're going to do multiple businesses. When we look at a company, we ask the question, of the CEO and the team, how many businesses did you start? How many have you exited? We care that they were successful in the exit because, you know, Elon Musk came to us. We probably give him some money with very little other than, you know, some scribbles on a napkin. If Philip or David came to me, I'd probably have a little more rigor in my analysis (laughs) instead of giving you or me money. But you want to be able to look at you know, things from the successful people, things from the unsuccessful people. And there are two categories that really make the big difference. Number one, the most important reason for success, luck. The second most important reason, we can't quantify luck. I mean, it's just a matter of being in the right place, right time. The second reason, the second thing that you can, um, you, you can manage is getting a good team. The team represents and the the, the ability of a team to come together, form, storm, norm, and perform is really critical to the success of the company. And mainly because they're able to take into account things that happen in the environment, all these risks, and potentially manage through those risks and or uh, ensure that they can pivot, one of the two. Yeah, so so that brings up a couple of questions. Uh, The first one on the team perspective. So if somebody was a solopreneur, is that a, is that a deal breaker for TCA? Do you invest in solopreneurs? How does that work? Um, we have invested in solopreneurs, but extremely rarely. We'd like to see the team. Secondly, giving millions of dollars to one person is kind of difficult without, you know, 
you know, without some kind of a check and balance, I'd like to see, you know, at least the requisite skill sets in building a business. If that person can do everything in the world, chief finance officer, operations officer, sales and marketing, salesperson, engineer, that's great. It is extraordinarily rare. Normally, you'll see at least a, a team of about three people. You'll have your CEO or Mr. or Miss Outside trying to raise capital. You'll have somebody Miss Inside or Mr. Inside doing operations and management. And then you'll have either a CFO and a marketing person. And even if the team is not permanent, it's going to be a, you know, a virtual team. You need a team. The diversity of thought, the diversity of opinion, the ability to um, you know, uh, leverage each other's talent is really critical. How many times do you see a goose flying alone in the air? Very rarely. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, they're always for, flying in formation, and you know, one behind the other, and they take turns uh, breaking the, you know, leading, leading up. What front. else do they do? They honk. They encourage. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They do. That's the real yeah. key. So a team is really important. Teams encourage support. It's a very difficult ride. You have to have a combination of IQ, the innate intelligence, EQ, emotional intelligence to get over the hurdles and have a tough skin, get rejected and bounce back up. And BQ, business intelligence to make sure your business works. Yeah, you, you, that's that's one of the your your tenets and how you do it. One of the things I've always, uh, I've sometimes heard is the, the analogy of the investor is has to has to love the horse, but has to be madly in love with the jockey, meaning Absolutely. the person to your so what what does that mean? Like you you've described some skills, you've described the three teams, but what how do you how do you like is there a smell test? You know, what what do you what do you do? How do you how do you figure that out? It's a that it seems to be a very subjective thing. No. It's not, it, it's subjective to a point, but you look at the accomplishments of the CEO and the team. You have prior history. How many startups have they been in? What did they do? What kind of challenges did they face? You ask questions if the team understands the risks that they face and how they're going to handle them a priori. That's that risk impact analysis. And in those discussions, you want to also understand the trustworthiness of an entrepreneur. I mean, I've worked for a couple of entrepreneurs. I worked for one, and I will not mention who that person is or was. I'm not sure he is, an, is or was at this time. But <laughs> <it> was, uh, <laughs> I don't know they had a sex change operation? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> uh, I think, I'm not sure where he is. I think he disappeared because he was not of high, high reputation. Yeah. And you don't want, and that creates a problem. So you want to be able to find people that are highly reputable, trustworthy, and ones who uh, have performed. It's no different than a job interview. You just ask different questions and put different contexts together in different scenarios. And you say, how would you handle this? What did you do about you know, competition? How are you going to achieve a sustainable advantage? How did you build your team? Did your team work together before or you just find them off of fiber? Yeah, there's a phrase that I've always uh, heard sometimes after a pitch or a pitch contest, and 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 the the, the killer phrase is one of people, one person in the room says, "I'm not sure he or she is coachable." What is does that happen often? And and how is that a common thing, or is that 
uncommon. Well, it's important to have somebody who's coachable. I mean, because we remember early on, we were talking about, uh, you know, what angels do. We're institutional money. We provide money, but we're not necessarily passive. We want to help. We believe um, that not only one specific individual, but in TCA, we have people that have that will know just about anything about any of the business segments, one way or another. They're very smart. They've built their business. They've, they've been very successful. So we believe they can contribute to this BQ, business intelligence. And if a person is not coachable, they won't take that intelligence that we have and therefore, they will potentially run into more mistakes. Now, since it's our money, we don't want them to run into mistakes. We hear that a significant amount of time. I don't have a percentage breakdown, but we will look at a person and just the way the person answers. Uh, is that person arrogant? Did that, was that person dismissive? Or is that person overly solicitous? Goes work, you know, both ways. Right. Um, right. So when we ask a question, uh, we covered that one already. No problem. Um, yeah, we got that in hand. Don't worry about it. That's non-coachability. And the other, uh, the other way it could be, yeah, that's a great question. Everything's a great question. Well, if they're all great questions, where's the bad question? You know, we don't want a person also to just take our advice. We want, you know, a give and take. We want somebody to have a backbone, but accept the fact that we know and have knowledge that can help them. It, right. It's no it, hard, fast. Yeah, food. it kind of goes back to you, your, you know, as a group, um, your smart money and, and you want to be involved and you want to have somebody where you can have a dialogue with. Otherwise, you know, yeah. there's 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 no dialogue in this. You're well, not it's a marriage, guess, right? This, it's yeah. a marriage. If we put in a lot of money, it's a marriage. We have had a great marriage with a <clears throat> with a company called uh, Parcel Pending. Parcel Pending, a woman named Lori Torres, extraordinarily bright woman. Uh, started this company. It was uh, automated smart lockers. Uh, eventually, she sold it out several years later at a, like a 22x return. But TCA was the only money in there. But not only did we provide money, she put together a little marketing team, a little business team to complement her operational skills. Right. And I think the combination helped you know, get her to where she was. But there's no question about it. Lori was a superstar. I mean, and you want a great role model to follow? She is the role model to follow. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that I often advise uh, new uh, entrepreneurs or particularly those early in their career about their, the, the number one thing they can do is build their relationships with people, right? And I, I've met Lori and she has a great, network of people what's the what's and, and so if somebody's trying to you know develop a network with some of the people at tca to, to get that advice they're not quite ready but they they think they're going to be ready in a year how do they go about engaging with tca to to get that relationship and to start building it yeah tca has a lot of different events we participate in a lot of events we host a lot of events uh, we, when we get back to normal, whenever that is and whatever that means, we usually do uh, meet the entrepreneur or face-to-face -face with entrepreneurs or face-to-face -face with investors. Um, there are pitch competitions that we all participate in. Um, so early on, what an entrepreneur can do is attend the pitch conferences, be ready with their elevator pitch. 
because I mean, I'm very approachable. I want to be out there. My goal is to be out there. And one of the roles that I have is to find entrepreneurs that have a great idea and to find the great deals. Uh, my team uh, is also under that same, you know, banner. Um, we have a gentleman named Volker Huther, who's in charge of partnerships and relationships. He's out in the world. Tony Saris, our executive director, participates. Lisa Walker, who's our VP. And then we have others that attend these meetings. JJ Risha, who also has Pismo Ventures, is out there doing pitch contests. Uh, we do work through when we, you know, participate in uh, Expert Dojo with Octane. So we're always around. Have their, you know, talk to us. Don't take, you know, an hour of my time, but, you know, tell me what you're working on. And if, I, if it makes sense, if it's something of interest, I'll sit down with them for a little while, talk to them on the phone, review their deck, give them a handwrite comments. I'm not a I, I'm still yeah, old yeah. school because I use a fountain pen, you know, but I'll write comments back to somebody. I'll take the time and energy to do it because I think it's important. So that's the way you do it. You just meet people, press the flesh one-on-one, -on -one, have a good, if you have an elevator pitch, great. If you don't have one, develop one, ask for advice. Hey, I'm working on this, Philip. Uh, I'm, I'm a little stuck on whether or not I should approach an angel right now. What do you recommend? Well, more than happy to answer that, or I'm stuck on my elevator pitch. Here's what it is. What am I missing? I'll spend the time to go through it. And so will my team. Yeah. So, so you're basically saying, you know, you can approach angels when you have some, when you're building your business and trying to figure it out and ask for advice, you know, yeah. don't, don't make the first conversation like, you know, here, you know, sign here, how big, how big the check can you write? Right. Isn't that? Well, that's, and, and a lot, it's a great point because a lot of people come over to us and say, Hey, I have this business. I need money. Well, I, I, I don't even know what your business is. So why are you asking me for money? I mean, <laughs> what, what are you trying to do? Um, and, you know, well, we heard TCA, you know, has money and you invested it, you know, $20 million last year. Um, how do I get some of it? I mean, I hear that also. My comment is, do you have a good idea? Yes. What's your idea? Well, can I share it with you? Tell me your idea. Just, I'm a New Yorker, so just <laughs> give me the facts. Tell me what it is. I well, want yeah, to understand yeah, but... it, and I'll tell you, honest to God, what my answer is. And I won't be any, I'm not going to be nasty to anyone. I'm not going to be arrogant. I'm not going to turn somebody away. I want to be able to help them. I think it's part of our brand. It's part of what I want to do in my career to give back. Uh, but tell me what you're, give yeah. me your pitch. tell me what you need. Yeah. And, I, and by the way, just sorry, by yeah. the way, one other thing, if I, if I can't really help them, I may say, you know, what you really want to do is go to an incubator, go to an accelerator, uh, go to COA accelerator. If you're in the med tech space, go to expert dojo. If you're in this, go to Hawk media. If you're in this, uh, go to SBDC, which is where we kind of reside and consult to go to Octane. So there are resources that we can point them to. It doesn't only have to be TCA. We have a big ecosystem and that we all participate with each other and support each other. Yeah, I think uh, the, the way I, I've always looked at that is, is you, the, the, there's a lot of people out there willing to give and give advice, right? And we'll, we'll bend over backwards to help people that are also we're worthy of being, you know, helped, right? And that means they're they're givers, right? They give first, they share, they ask for advice. They're human, but we all hate the takers, right? Just just hey, 
show me your wallet. I want your, you know, that's the first thing out of the mouth. We're, we're going to go next, right? We've, we've all seen those clients come through where that's the first thing out of the mouth, uh, you know, get me on Shark Tank, you know, how do I get money? And you're going, uh, next. <laughs> you know, again, best thing to do. And, and I learned this years ago when you were trying to find a job. And in a sense, they're trying to find a job. They're trying to find money, somebody to pay them for doing something. As that right. quote, ask for help. Here's what I have. Does this make sense? I have an idea. Can I run it by you? Here's my elevator pitch. Can you give me some advice? I'm looking for some, you know, and I get a lot of calls. How do I find a team? You know, anyone in this area? I'm saying, fine. I may be able to help. I'll use my network to, to reach out. I mean, so asking for advice is the easiest way. No one, very few that I know will turn you down, you know, for a discussion on trying, yeah. to, and trying to help you. Yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll all help. So uh, sort of last question, and, and then we'll ask how people can get in touch with you. But if you were to, you know, been doing the TCA now since 2009, you said, and if you were to go back in time and, and tell your, your younger self some advice about entrepreneurship, what, what advice would you give your younger self about entrepreneurship? Interesting question. If I were the entrepreneur, yeah, 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 yeah. The I guess for you, it'd be what advice would you give yourself for for picking the right companies, uh, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. So that one's easy. Have a lot of patience. Do your due diligence. We all know there's been studies that there's a certain amount of due diligence that you need to make an intelligent decision. So have the patience to make those, get the right answers, to make that analysis and to do the due diligence. And then when you finish it, don't linger, make your decision quickly and go on and get a good portfolio. So uh, everyone has a different strategy. I mean, some people can say, I'm going to buy 40 into 40 companies. I have my instantaneous portfolio. My strategy was different. And I think it's different today. Uh, I invested a lot through the TCA funds. Early on, there were the ACE funds. Now we have funds in LA, San Diego, and Orange County. Um, that gives you diversification, and then you supplement it with other deals. And as you're a new angel investor, you want to learn the business. It's a good way to learn. You join a due diligence team. You participate in pre-screen. But let me just share the one thing we didn't cover for TCA, and I think it's important, mm -hmm. and then people can contact me, is our process is pretty easy. There's, you go online at www.techcoastangels.com. You go under the tab. It says for entrepreneurs. It says apply for funding. There's a small two-page form. It asks you basically about your business, your financials, your competitive advantage and stuff. And then it goes into a pre-screen group. Usually there's between seven and 12 members of TCA in Orange County. The other groups have the same kind of pre-screening, but I'll just use Orange County as an example. So you go into pre-screen. If it's medical, you may go into the medical pre-screen. If it's in anything else, it goes into a different pre-screen. We have three of these a month or more if we have more deals. And then it goes in, if people say yes or no, this goes forward into screening, then we bring that deal forth to the main screening group and you'll have upwards of 50 investors. Then if people raise their hand, 
we basically have uh, interest. We'll try to find a deal lead and then we'll go into due diligence. And depending on if there's prior due diligence or not, it may take between a week and three weeks to um, get some money. And then the lead may take it to either one of the other TCA entities or some of our affiliates because we're affiliated with about 50 different angel groups. That's the simplistic way to look at it. So it's a very clear cut, discrete process that theoretically and, and in most cases moves it along relatively quickly. So one more time, give the audience the, the email address where they can put in an application or contact. Sure. It's www.techcoastangels.com. Um, and um, I'll give you my information in case anyone wants to reach out. Best thing is email, not call. It's dfriedman, D-F-R-I-E-D-M-A-N at prodigy, P-R-O-D-I-G-Y.net or connect me on uh, LinkedIn. You contact me on LinkedIn. I'll get it either way. Um, if I can help, I'll help. Thank you very much, uh, David. I really appreciate it. And, Always a pleasure. Uh, yeah. And, and for you, audience, you don't know what the gift is that David has given you today. He's really walked you through how the angels work, what you need, when you should approach it, and really when to engage the angels. Don't wait until you need money to, uh, to engage the angels. Do it now. So stay tuned. Uh, next week, we'll be uh, interviewing another one, another person to help you uh, know what it is like to be an entrepreneur and to deal with the uh, Silicon Valley myth. You know, we want you to have uh, bring tomorrow's future today. So long, wishing you a bright and profitable future in both your business and personal lives. Take care. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to subscribe and check out our website for tips, thesavvyfounder.com. You can also follow Philip on Clubhouse at The Savvy Founder, wishing you a profitable and bright future. Safe journeys. See you next week.